Previously on Gresh and Fourier. So Bill Belichick is a head coach. Yep, yep. Gerard Mayo is either, depending on when they announce his title, an assistant head coach or a co-defensive coordinator with Steve Belichick. Okay. Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator. Yep. So why is Joe Judge on that point? Man. Sounds uh, like, all the- or seems like, he'd be the special teams coordinator. This is Gresh and Fourier. It's over. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Heading to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Andy Gresh. James on the drive. Gets in the paint. Layup. Missed it. And the game is over. Lakers furious. They thought he was fouled. Oh, excuse me. And it's now overtime. LeBron James so upset. Regulation is over. We go to the five-minute OT. Christian Fourier. And Carolina clearly is a cup contender. They're fit. They're relentless. And they're a full-one winner over the top team in the league. Gresh and Fourier right now. One more knee will do it. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. On WEEI. Well, the Super Bowl is set. It's what some of us thought. 10.02, it's Gresham Hart here with you today. Foyer is out today, so Hart is in on a day where officiating is, uh, well, a big story in the news. I mean, sometimes you just fall Bass backwards into it, huh, Hart? What do they say, uh, mana from heaven or something like this? Mana from heaven? I'm not even sure what the biblical phrase I, I, is. But... I, I, I tried to block out all of the <laughs> teachings of Jesus Retha by the time I was 22 years old, so I can't recall it. But uh, we do have uh, some championship games to recap. We've got uh, the Bruins, who are on a three-game losing streak. Look out now. Could it all be caving in? I kid. We will get to the Bruins as well. A uh, hell of a game on Saturday night between the Celtics and LeBron James. But we will start with what went down yesterday. And game one at 3 o'clock, Philadelphia and San Francisco, well, it turned into a pretty crappy game by the time it was all said and done. 31-7 to was the final. And uh, even the great Kyle Shanahan Hart is not good enough to win with a fourth-string quarterback. Yeah, who, who they couldn't throw the ball. No, it didn't matter who was out. First of all, they couldn't catch a snap when Josh Johnson was in. Well, there was that, yes. Turnover on just a snap. And then Purdy's out there, and he clearly can't throw. And I was advocating for just go Christian McCaffrey Wildcat. Or even the numbers, play 11-on-11 11 11 football, mm-hmm. the best athlete on the field. You got Debo. You could probably do some fun things with motion if he's such a genius. And is McCaffrey under center? Is Debo under center? Because it was... It was not entertaining. The, the game was useless. The game sucked. Because even the Eagles yep. put the ball away. We've got enough points to win. This other team can't play right now. It was really disappointing. For some of us, we're rooting for Pur- Purdy to fail just because I wanted to ignite the Tom Brady talk for a month and a half. Oh, you got your and wish, we got that. Though. Oh, yes, you did. But the cost of it was a uh, wasted three hours of football. Yeah, it really was. The Niners had nothing, and Philadelphia off of a turnover there at the end of the second quarter. They're able to put on a, put another touchdown on the board, go up 21-7. to And to me, that was really the turning point of the game because – 
I didn't think Brock Purdy was going to go in and play great to begin with. Right. And, and even if it was got off to the hot start, it's okay. He'll wilt. It's the fourth quarter. You know, these are big moments on the road against a team that felt like from the beginning of the year they kind of had it going on. And Jalen Hurts didn't play great. You know, both wide receivers, I mean – yeah, I, I'm sure the wide receiverites out there are going to want to give Devontae Smith a catch. It clearly was not a catch. And, you know, to the to the 49ers sideline, when the guy who makes the play is the first one that gets up and start calling, let's hurry up and go, maybe that should, you know, spark some thought and be like, well, maybe this guy didn't catch it, and he knows he didn't catch it, which is why he's trying to get everybody on the line of scrimmage. But you know for a fact that a Patriots wide receiver down the road will do that on an obvious clear catch and lure some team into wasting a challenge. Well, that's, that's coming. The, that's that the is genius coming. of Bilton B. Hoodstein, of course. That is that's- absolutely coming. Because I didn't fault uh, Shanahan for that because, yes, there's doubt in the receiver's mind because I don't think we've reached the point where people are doing this intentionally. Right. He got up and he's like, i got to steal a catch here. But you never saw visual evidence till much later that it wasn't a catch. Mm-hmm. It looked like a great catch, so... That's the ebbs and flows of. I uh, thought football. TV struggled yesterday. A little bit. I thought didn't Fox... feel like primed. Remember when we were bitching about the Raiders game? Yes. If, if the Patriots hadn't been flexed out, they would have had an extra camera for the review for Sunday Night Football for the touchdown and the the toe. Was it on the line? Not on the line. This is a playoff game, a championship playoff game. Shouldn't we have eight million cameras? Shouldn't Agreed. they do the rotating like NBC all it, and all it. these create and it was like I get to wait till after a commercial break to realize you screwed the pooch like. That was bad. That They didn't have a great day TV-wise. Yeah, uh, CBS did a very poor job of explaining the official coming off the sideline or at least <laughs> right. or at least giving us the wide angle so that we can understand sort of what happened on that play. And, uh, look, Philly uh, ended up beating the 49ers 31-7, to and really it was what they've done all year long. They've run the ball, but Philly ends up scoring early. Um I don't know what you uh I don't know what you made of some of the chippiness between the two teams. Loved it. The score wasn't indicative of a game that I thought was ultimately going to be chippy late, but I will say this. Watching Trent Williams fling a human being on the ground really just effortlessly. It was just a matter of when he was going to do it was a fantastic watch. Well, and the poor guy who got flung down, I forgot his name, to then get ejected? Like, that's insult Well, to you know why? He threw a punch no, when I went know, back but... and show it. Like, somebody came over and he, like, tried to deck a guy, but you're right. He, he got, got emasculated on national TV around. for 50 million people to see. Exactly. And Trent Brown, he a bad mofo. I mean, uh, Trent Williams. I was just going to say. Chris Jones, I thought, and Trent Williams yesterday showed themselves arguably two of the best athletes in the National Football League. When you take size, strength into account... Those guys, that's men. Uh, yeah, very Those men much so. right there playing the sport of football. And if you remember some of the motion plays they've run with Trent Williams over the years where they make him the extra wing uh, tight end tackle right. and he comes in motion across. Like, that is a man I would never, ever want to see coming at me. Well, it's funny. Griff Redux on the uh, Twitch chat, and good morning to the Twitchers and the Texters out there, says that uh, Williams is a bit of a B. He did that to Richard Sherman in the past as well, but kept his helmet on. No, no, no. There was a difference. This guy got flung around. He got ragdolled. Whenever Richard Sherman was jawjacking with him after the game, that's when Trent Brown had the helmet on. Yeah. Uh, and Richard Sherman said, what are you going to do about it? And Trent Williams decked him. So uh, whether the helmet is on, the helmet is off, 
Trent Williams, to me, is not the kind of person to be trifled with out there. You know what he is? Who's that? He's what the Patriots need. Oh, they need a little. He's an athlete. He's good. He sets a tone. He sends fear. He is everything this offensive line was not. They need some Debo from Friday is what you're saying. Yes. They need somebody to go steal a chain or steal a bike. Logan Mankins back in the day. Somebody's willing to punch another guy in the nuts if he needs to to win a football game. Well, you know what? That goes a long way to winning. And, well, if uh, Kansas City, they didn't have to go to the yambag blast to be able to get things done yesterday. But Kansas City beat Cincinnati on uh, the last second field goal. Three seconds left. 23-20 was the final, but it was the sequence at the end of the game where Pat Mahomes, on a bad ankle on third and four, made a run. And unfortunately for Joseph Osai, he now goes down in the history books. Here's Mahomes rolling out on third and four. He's going to go for the, yes, he's got the marker. He's got the out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. Additional foul, unnecessary roughness, defense number 58. Here's Butker. From 45 yards, all the way, it's good. That's how it ended right there. What did, what did you make of the Osai penalty? Letter of the law, it's a penalty. Letter of the law, I don't think you have to throw it, though. I don't think he killed oh. Mahomes. I think it was one step out. He gave him a little bitty push. And I think Mahomes is really turning into a drama queen. He was outside the white. That's hey, why I no, didn't. No, he was. No, we're going to exaggerate this. You didn't have to throw that. He didn't kill him. And Mahomes has become Ben Roethlisberger. Every time. You notice when he dropped the ball on the fumble, on the uh, the little quick screen pass? Yes. Oh, he limped more after that. Oh, that's weird. You, you want me to think you're hurt now because you turned the ball over? He is a drama queen. He sold this like Mac Jones sold it. And give him credit. He got the win. But uh, uh, the NFL has a problem. The NFL's problem is you had your two best players duking it out to go to the Super Bowl, and all anybody wants to talk about is how it was rigged and the officiating and how unfulfilling it was. Well, that's the Twitter mob running amok. And listen, there were some bad calls. There yep. always are. But I, I can't co-sign on the whole, you, you got to protect the quarterbacks, as we know. And look, the quarterbacks have now become, a la Jason Tatum and Nikola Jokic and uh, Luka Doncic in the NBA, all those guys have to do is react, throw their hands in the air. We don't have enough officials out on the field to begin with. Well, Joe Burrow and, didn't get the call in the end zone, which was an obvious roughing the passer. Listen, you know what? And sometimes they miss it, and that was one where... Joe, How do you miss it when you're a referee staring at it why. in the AFC title game? Because Joe Burrow didn't sell it enough, quite honestly. All he did you're, was you're kind of... right. He backed up and just sort of threw his hands in the air. You know what those guys do? They flop. They fall. They hit the ground. Terrible. They hit the deck. And, and maybe that's where Joe Burrow's just got to be like, hey... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to over-exaggerate it to get the call. Here's the other thing, too. For as much as Burrow's hand is stamped, he is, and I say this, only a third-year guy. And we know this with officiating. There is the where are you on the pecking order. Why would Tom Brady get a call if somebody farted around him? Because he was Tom Brady and he got the superstar treatment. There have been times where Aaron Rodgers doesn't get those kinds of calls because I feel like it's almost like the bias gone back the other way. But there were, you know, hashtag NFL is rigged. So here's the thing. If it's rigged, 
Tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl next year. I'd like to know next year. Or, well, because because or... again, if it's if it's if it's rigged, then even tell me who's going to win this game definitively, and how many people are going to take their the NFL is rigged talk online in a state now where you can bet as of tomorrow. I mean, if it's so rigged. Then who's getting rich? I That's actually, what I want to know at 617-779-7937. If it's rigged, tell me how you're getting rich. Well, Roger Goodell is getting rich by collecting $140 million a year for this crap show that we watch as eager fans. No, I I don't believe it's rigged. I've never believed that. Right. I'll never believe that. But, but the problem that a large portion of your fan base left your marquee Sunday where your championship games feeling like it could be rigged mm-hmm. or the league has a vested interest. You know, I've heard even just the theories. Oh, Andy Reid against the Eagles and these various storylines that this was the better game. The fact that there are people that legitimately believe that is a problem. And if you look... The criticisms weren't just crazy fans on Twitter. There were a lot of, like, players, ex-players, people involved with the league. And I'm not saying that validates their opinion necessarily. Of course. But these are insiders. These aren't just whack job fans in their dad's basement, their mom's basement. These are people tied into the league that are questioning what was going on. For example, the Joe Burrow non-call. The Chiefs got every break late in that game. That's just the reality. Mm -hmm. Whether it was pure ineptitude or targeted calls, the Chiefs got every call late in that. And it might be the old home field advantage. I was just going to say home cooking and that place gets loud. Yeah. And when people can't think, we know what happens to players. Is it kind of the same for the officials? Now, listen, are there problems? Absolutely. Do I think, you know, Tim Donaghy is out there, referee in NFL games? No, we're not at that point. But but the the one thing that the NFL rigged crowd has done online is sort of raise the awareness for a lot of people of the all right maybe we're time for another revolution or another evolution I should say of improving the process of trying to officiate these games and I know they don't want to go to more officials but they need more officials out there I don't know about that you need you more, put more crap on the field you still got crap you need more eyeballs on 22 players that are moving at mock speed am I cynical to believe well that since the referees put their little earpiece microphone things in mm-hmm. that gives the league and the central officiating office more input is it an impossibility because the flag on Mahomes for example I thought was a tick late. I thought it was, he gets down, Asai hits the bench, tick, tick, flag. Is it possible somebody said, throw it, throw it, throw it, from New York? I don't know about from New York, because I don't trust. Or even a booth. Because I don't trust that these guys would hear it. However, if they can hear each other on the field, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was more than one official that was thinking, oh, that was a laid hit. Well, what about from a booth? What about an eye in a sky that may lie? Because normally they can't even get a replay queued up for them to make a call and to think that someone in New York would be on it on the fly. Well, they're getting better at it. Like, if these people are so inept, that would be me really trusting that someone in New York doesn't have cranius rectus in that moment. Maybe they're getting better at it. There was an example late where I believe KC threw a challenge flag 
and immediately uh, after discussion, there the pass was incomplete or whatever it was, something that they cleaned up immediately to void. They voided the challenge. We don't need to. We screwed up. That's the other part of this as well is that you have all these different ways of different review and things like that, and there are some things they can do quickly, and there are some things that they can't do quickly, and some things that you got to throw the flag for, and then some things you can't throw the flag for. And we went down that uh, that whole messy road. Although I will say this, Travis Kelsey after the game, he punked out the mayor of Cincinnati. I actually kind of like this, even though we're going to get sick of hearing the about the Kelsey brothers. Uh, this was Travis Kelsey after the game. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. So Travis I knew Kelsey. He was gonna be up for one more of those. Well, thank you, Jim Nance. Uh, so Travis Kelsey afterwards uh, going down the road of the Rock. Yep. We will have a very quick five-minute Royal Rumble review with me oh. and Billy. It was a uh, it was it was a hell of a rumble. Let's put it that way. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, not only the championship weekend storylines, um, but it's really amazing to me that Tyreek Hill leaves Kansas City, and Kansas City is still going to the Super Bowl. If wide receivers are the end all be all, how can that happen? Well, the league did it. Oh, I it's got rigged. it. We it's just rigged. talked for That's twenty right. minutes. It's rigged. They, they want to push. Goof. They want to push the run game. That's really what it is. Text three seven ninety three seven six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Hearts in for Foyer today. Christian will be back tomorrow. We will get into the storylines of the officiating. And the NFL also needs to reinstate a rule they got away from. Hart and I will get to that with you as well, with all the Celtics, all the Bruins, all the picks as well. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. 83 Hurts runs out of the pocket, looking for a deep Devontae Smith. One-hander is the end. He's got it. What a great non-catch in an NFC championship game. That's what it sounded like on Fox yesterday. 617-779-7937. I think the NFL heart is in part uh, a... They created their own problems. And the Devontae Smith catch is a perfect example of it. And some of what we talked about before of the... Well, they just reviewed it on the field and said it was okay, and there we go. And no one saw the review, and, you know, all you have is a referee standing there with, a you know, his hand to his ear like he's, you know, Don Pardo on laughing or something like that. Hi, I'm here just waiting for someone to be able to tell him what in the world is going on. And it, it, it creates confusion for fans because here's the thing about fans. I know that we will get on them if some of them call or they got the rule wrong or something like that. Then, yeah, they might get yelled at on sports radio or whatever. But to me, that's the overwhelming majority of people that are watching football. They don't know those rules. And that's a part of the reason why we're getting the reaction that we're getting this morning. 
Well, how do you mean? I don't expect people to understand that there are certain things that can be automatically reviewed yep. that doesn't need the red challenge flag and that there are certain things that you can't challenge versus what you can challenge. Everything is so muddy. You need to be an NFL head coach to understand it. And, oh, by the way, those guys – Half the time, we'll throw a flag and a ref will come over and be like, well, we can't review it, or it's an automatic review or something like that. If those people don't understand it inside and out, I can't expect fans on the other end to be completely up on the nuances of replay and how they fix things with officials. Right, and in our four hours of ref bashing, we'll get to the Celtics-Lakers a little later on, and the end of that game was the example. Mark Jackson says something, and immediately, well, that wouldn't be reviewable anyway, and that's another side issue I have with replay, but from an NFL perspective... The more they fix it, the more they bring questions. And what I mean by that is this example, and the texter brought it up. It was when Mahomes threw as he was going down. He threw the pass off to the side, but clearly his shin was down. They had called hit that he had thrown the ball. Bengals are going to challenge, but immediately the ref comes in. Uh, After discussion, uh, the runner was down. Right. The fact that they can fix things that quickly lets everybody know they can alter things that quickly and that there is a communication that there there are voices being shared and that's where i say to you if there's a late flag how am i not to at least embrace the possibility that a voice in a guy's head said throw the flag throw the flag throw the flag right he was out of bounds throw the flag that was roughing throw it backside something like there's voices in their heads and i don't mean they're crazy there's literally voices in their heads that also could have camera angles that we're not seeing at home If the production truck, and you say people don't know everything, I don't know exactly how all of this works with TV cameras. Does New York have a direct feed from every camera, just like they're the production truck where the producer, I mean the director goes, uh, ready seven, take seven, ready six, take six. Because if they have all those views and they have a microphone that goes directly to the official's ear, you know what that creates? Opportunity. But they have to be watching the right thing in New York, number one. They would have to adjudicate the play quicker than the guys that are there. Mm. And while you can have the live feeds, there is still a tad bit of latency to where I don't think New York could be that quick on it. However, one of the things that you just mentioned is something that we as fans and even analysts might not completely understand. Whenever those the whenever the officials have their headsets, is it just to be able to talk to themselves? Mm-hmm. Does everyone get to hear New York if New York is talking to the White Hat? Because to me, I think the the New York communication is with the White Hat, not with everyone across the board. New York might be able to eavesdrop on what all of those officials are saying to each other, but even that end, like what what's in their ear? Can they talk? Can they talk during the play? Right. You know, like you know, we'll, we'll see it all the time. You might see like a back judge on the back end line in the end zone, and then a, a side judge who might be right near the goal line, and those guys are looking at each other before they make the call in unison. But if they can talk to each other, then why aren't they just pressing their little buttons to talk to each other and then go up and do it? That's all a part of the, I think nowadays it is the, when you don't know it, it's let's automatically be skeptical of it. Absolutely. And and that is the nature of online. 
Although some people do kind of take it to the whole next level in terms of, well, look at this, and you bring up something that is completely irrelevant to try to make the point that these guys are all in cahoots with each other. Right. I don't think it's as easy as basketball to be able to, quote-unquote, fix a game from an officiating standpoint. It is when you give people a 15-yard penalty on a game-winning field goal that would have been 50-plus in the cold weather where the kicking expert said nobody can kick that far. I can't argue that penalty again. That, that, That penalty is fair. It's not unfair. It, even Zach Taylor didn't bitch about that. He bitched about a whole bunch of other stuff. But like, even and by the way, do you think he mouthed it's rigged with three seconds to go on the sideline? Or is that now again, that becomes the whole the NFL is rigged crowd is going to be zapruding everything that's out there. And people are, you know, trying to break down what the guy said on the tiny one second snippet they had him on TV. Yeah, I'm not sure he did. And even when you lead me in the direction of planting the seed in my brain to what my eyes are seeing, which is what generally happens with lip reading, mm-hmm. I go in looking at it the first time with no other sources. I go, I don't really know what he said. Like, his lips moved. There then somebody tells me he said, F your mother. And I go, oh, yeah, he said it right wow. there. Wow. And that really, it's like level jump, friendly music. And I'm like, oh, yeah, friendly music also works, right? <laughs> and those are two extremely different things. Yeah, he's just singing a mayor lyric. But like you, you plant the seed and my eyes see what you told me they should see. Do I think he thinks it's rigged? No. Do I think he thinks he got screwed? Absolutely. Because yeah. every call went against him. I am a believer, like the LeBron thing, things go both ways. They even out over the course of the time. In they theory. didn't feel both ways in this game. They felt like they got the benefit of the doubt on every call in the second half. Do you think... They got screwed? Yes. Do you think that for a decade, there were other NFL markets that were sitting there after playing the Patriots in Gillette when Brady was here screaming the same thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, how many times did you see third down? Oh, the pass falls incomplete. But on the backside, we have illegal contact first down Patriots. Well, how much of this is also you could call a penalty on every play? Absolutely now, part see, of like, it, too. Like that's the, the run for Mahomes, there was a hold everybody wants as yeah, well before wants, he gets right. to the sideline, before he gets to the hit, and all of that. Yes, it's football. Same with basketball. There's a billion calls right. in a basketball game. Oh, LeBron got fouled. Yeah, but he traveled first. Yes, there's there's <sighs> endless calls. He did. In the, but everybody does in the NBA. Right. What's more common in the NBA, a travel that doesn't get called or a slap of the forearm with the best player going to the rim with the game on the line that doesn't get called? Yeah, there's way less travels to get called than anything else right. in the no, NBA that could be because they don't want to take that athleticism out of the game. And and it's the same thing in the NFL. Like, I think there's a lot of rules that are ignored. For example, illegal formations are like no longer a thing. I think the guys that are covered up, not covered up, on the line, not on the line, is such a blurry area. Or motions, where where a guy motion and he's going towards. You can't go towards the line of scrimmage. It actually got called, I believe... Maybe the national title game or one of the playoff games. I like, think it was the national championship game. And I was like, holy crap, game, yeah. I haven't seen that called in years. Because it was like so blatant. But it happens in the NFL and they don't call it. Right. Like they choose, like that's not worth it. Let's just let them play. That's We're going to slow the game down. So there are things that are allowed and holding on every play, right? Like you could probably find There's a holding. N- normally some level of it, There absolutely. was an uptick this year in the defensive holding. I feel like I saw that call more the second half of this year where the guy's trying to pull and get off to a linebacker. I was just going to grabs him the, the interior defensive lineman that became a point of emphasis so clearly they were told let's keep an eye this is getting out of hand let's mm-hmm. keep an eye on this so these refs and by the way i don't think the refs are on the take 
I don't think there. This is. I don't. There's believe, no Tim Donaghy that is profiting from this, or no. you know, working with uh, Johnny No Thumbs. If this is happening, I believe it's above their heads. If they're swayed in any direction for any reason, points of emphasis, or you know, don't call it tight, call it loose. However, they are guided. And Walt it's Anderson is at the root of all this. Is that where you're the road you're going? No, down? Roger Goodell is at the root of all this. Oh, okay. The hundred and forty million dollar man up in the booth. So it's even uh, above that. Well. Here's listen, I'm not a fan of Roger Goodell, but I would say this. If that industry is going to do almost 30 billion dollars in revenue and he's only getting 140 of that, that feels like a CEO bargain. But yeah. another story for another time. I think you could do the job of the commissioner of the NFL. Absolutely. Nah. Other than the fact that you would pop off and yell back when you're getting ripped endlessly as the I, shield. I would I would yell I definitely would yell at people. Um but the uh like, I wonder if Roger Goodell is really sitting in on negotiating TV rights, or does he have a do boy that does that and he just puts oh, yeah. the stamp of approval? I feel like that would be something that he would be in on. And half the time that falls to, like, Robert Kraft and the other owners that are on the TV contract committee. Well, here's the other. They do all the work and give him 140 mil. That's here's... why Jerry Jones wanted him out. Uh, th- very Not true. that he hates him. He's like... Why are we paying him to do a job that anybody could do? Well, it's really the connections in government, isn't it? Like the fact that his dad was a congressman, meaning Roger Goodell, there's all that in there. Oh, you're going to pull our antitrust exemption? Well, Roger, this is where you're going to... See, that's the thing. Like we would just... if, If you and I were in that job, we'd just walk in that room and yell at Congress and get into more trouble. Right. But Charlie Baker, for example, who's going to the NCAA now. Right. You don't think he could be the commissioner of the NFL and have political ties and and play the game for fifty million instead of one hundred and forty? I'm sure he probably could. You would you yeah. But I'll tell you what though, that NCAA gig's pretty good because in about ten years the NCAA is going to go away, so he's just going to get a bunch of free money probably to run an enterprise that is just crumbling down like an old building. All right, you talking officiating? Here we go, John and Fall River with Gresh and Hart, who's in for Fourier today. Hi, John. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, <clears throat> the first thing I want to talk about is it's 7 nothing in the Cincinnati game. Ernie hurts his elbow. Now, when you know, the week before when Mahomes got hurt, you couldn't, they couldn't drag him off the field. I just felt like that kid completely gave up. Like, he didn't even, like, try and run the offense. You know, you had all those, <clears throat> all those, uh, uh, Delay game penalties with that Josh Johnson. It was just a train wreck as soon as he got in there. I mean, if I'm the coach, I'm like, can't you, can you just go in, run the offense? We'll, we'll dig and dunk. He didn't even try. And I think it was even worse that he went in later in the game. I don't know. It was terrible. I, I feel like that kid's so zero hot. I'd be embarrassed to be him if, Right now, uh, John, you you did hit on something just in terms of mentioning the the quarterbacks, and we know that the 49ers really had to play the the second half without a guy that could throw the ball. Hart, I want to take you to a tweet from Mike Tannenbaum. Okay, uh, and I know he's a part of the thirty third team, and that's sort of one of the businesses that he's building. You see him on ESPN. At real Tannenbaum tweeted this at five oh eight yesterday. So while the game was going on between the Niners and the Eagles, 
he tweeted, and you can see it on Twitch, taking nothing away from how well the Eagles are playing. It's pretty evident why the league needs to reinstate the third quarterback rule. Not having three bona fide quarterbacks available for each team is a terrible look for the sport. I know we're going to kvetch and moan about officials all day long, but what about that from Mike Tannenbaum in terms of having the uh, the equivalent of the e-bug goalie that the NHL uh, has? Well, it's not going to be all solve all end all because, as the caller just brought up, it hit the fan when Josh Johnson got in there. He was oh, terrible. Yeah. He he looked ill prepared. He looked nervous, which is weird for a guy who's been in the NFL for fifteen. Well, years he's been or around, whatever. but he's played in like four games, right? And I can understand that this is the <laughs> biggest game of his life. And of course, he probably knows my career's ending right now before my eyes. This is my last chance, last uniform I'll ever put on. But he's dropping snaps, shotgun snaps, leading to turnovers. He was horrific the next guy in line is actually gonna be worse than him Mm -hmm. right like so he got hurt he got the concussion whoever's next the fifth 49ers quarterback is going to be lower on the overall league depth chart now we're getting down to the 150th best quarterback that's walking the planet right like it's going to get successively worse the caller though i hate doing this i feel bad about myself doing this well you're going to compliment someone no i uh, well i'll compliment the caller or we can be miserable together maybe okay it was a bad look for purdy he's he's warming up on the sideline he's throwing he's sitting there he's not ruled out but he's not in while his team and its super bowl chances are falling off the map mm-hmm. falling apart he couldn't even be a decoy couldn't go out there and at least sell it for a quarter before the other team realizes, wait a minute, you can't throw. I just, it was a very strange situation for him. And then when Josh Johnson got hurt and immediately Purdy's up on the sideline, and I don't know how far the guy is, but he's throwing. Well, if you can do that, why aren't you in the game? Your team is falling apart here. And I know it's UCL and the initial reports were it's not going to be, it's not ruptured and he'll be ready to it's go. It's not Tommy John eight, surgery, right, eight but eight weeks, there will be some rehab. Who was it? Uh, Greg Olson was harping on grip strength. That, yeah. but that was the big thing. And so, but I saw really? him throw on the sideline yep. and he threw one screen pass, which again, is it just a screen pass? But are you closer to a competent offense with him than Josh Johnson? And, I mean, we got to the point. Now, they wouldn't let him do anything after that. He, I don't think he ever threw again after that screen, that third Agreed. down screen. Right. And it was predictable. It was easy. You're going second down, probably a draw here, third up screen here, because he can't run the offense. He's not going to throw a 12-yard out to Debo on the sideline in the condition that he was in. But I don't know that this extra quarterback, third quarterback, who is it? Is it Cam Newton? I mean, like... I don't think it's so much the who it is. I think it's more that someone is available that wouldn't go in there with one arm tied behind their back. But he didn't take any snaps all week because the other two quarterbacks took all the snaps. No, you got a I know. starter and a backup. But at least it is a guy who is like you're not turning to Kendall Hinton. On the fly. Remember that whole thing mm-hmm. in Denver when they're like, oh, yeah, this practice squad guy, yeah, he's done it. It really the Patriots having to go to Lynn Bowman during a game. Right. And and I, I think if you can avoid <laughs> – what would be interesting is, is that will teams be like, yeah, you know what, I'll sign the e-bug quarterback on uh, Sunday morning and just bring in somebody who – like. Brian Hoyer would be the perfect e-bug quarterback sure. because you could just stash him away and you know that if you had to turn around and use the guy, he wouldn't be completely useless because the 49ers had zero chance of winning that game. Well, and that's where I blame Shanahan, who's supposed to be the greatest genius in, in modern football offensively. 
He has two, in my opinion, of the top ten maybe most versatile athletic playmakers at his disposal in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. He doesn't even have a hint of a wild card package. Put those two guys in the backfield, split backs, and you're not even sure who's under. Wait, who's in the gun right now and who's not? And all of a sudden, you got a snap, the old Kevin Falk direct snap oh, yeah. play. You know, Debo's coming across, but McCaffrey's going the other way. Well, like, you couldn't have some misdirection? Because all it takes those two guys is one gap, right? One, one linebacker takes a step the wrong direction, a false step, and that guy's gone. Give yourself an opportunity to make a play. And everybody's like, yeah, maybe he doesn't have Wildcat in the books. Well, then why not? You're already down to your third quarterback. Yeah. Then your fourth. You didn't prepare for like worst case scenario. Should we have McCaffrey ready? And then they gave McCaffrey they didn't the even helmet. Have the helmet ready. But remember yeah. they. And then he had the armband because he ran one wildcat play. Yep. So did they make that up up on the fly, or have they tried it? Because I just thought it became clear that Purdy was useless, and they had no shot to do anything. The 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 Eagles were teeing off. To the point where I told you oh, off air, yeah. like Debo ran an end around late where he like dropped the ball at the mm-hmm. end of it, got up. If I'm a Niners fan, why is he in the game? We're down 31-7 to and you're trying to ruin 2023 season by getting Debo a torn ACL so he misses the entire year? That's like, stupid. That's an interesting thought. I didn't go there at the end. I thought it was the, hey, they're giving it the old college try all the way to the end of this one. We see you on the phone, 617-779-7937. The officiating, the emergency quarterback, Where do you land on everything that went down on championship weekend? Is it rigged? That's next. WEEI. WEEI. New England Sports Original. Now, more Gresham Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. When the officiating blows, call Andy Hart and he'll fix it for you. He will bitch for you. Andy Hart's got all the answers. If you're an official, you need to be on the lookout. Because Hart is coming for you. Doesn't matter. High school, college, or pros. That was good. Andy Hart will tell you, you suck today. You suck today. It's not true. Thank you. Thank you very much. Went to a JV game on Saturday. I thought they did a fine job. Oh, get out of here. What were you on your your phone? No. We went up up like 20 to 6, so there was really nothing to bitch about. (laughs) Oh, there it was. So you went up early, and then you checked out, and you don't know if there were bad calls. Pretty much. Well, I think Tom in Maine knows there was some bad officiating uh, this weekend in the NFL. Tom, you're with Gresh and Hart, who was in for Foyer. Yeah, good morning. What's up? Yeah, I just just wanted to mention, I I think uh, a little bit of pushback on the Kansas City got all the calls. I think it was the uh, second P.I. call on that three-pass interference uh, drive that the Bengals scored on. I thought that that call was pretty marginal. marginal. The uh, commentator says he, he turned the guy's hips, so it was clearly interference, and I didn't see that. The guy was running an outcut. I thought I thought his hips turned pretty much on his own. That that was my that's what I, what I saw. Well, he, he grabbed him. There was a little twist. I thought the twist and the ball were at the same time, and that's another layer to this criticism of referees is 
the the expert in the booth, whoever it is for whatever network, we tend to listen to or Thank lean you. on. He he adds mud to the water. Thank you. And You're validates really and or right. annoys the crowd that's paying attention. It's the hardest thing now when you're doing color commentary on a game to um, understand some of the mechanics of what they might look right. for. Like, I know that even just doing, like, the UMass games, right, normally about an hour before kick, the replay official will come down to the booth and just say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, Billy Lanny and I'm here doing the replays today and all that kind of stuff. And if you got any questions, send someone from the booth, which makes us laugh because there's no one in there but us. <laughs> and so we can't ask any questions on the fly. But now for most people that are producing football broadcasts, it is the talk about it, but try not to make a prediction unless you really know kind of deal because right. you're right. It muddies it up because a lot of those guys in the booth, they're now scared as to what is a catch, what isn't a catch. Don't say surviving the ground, even though a lot of people look at surviving the ground. It's like, what are we doing here? Right. Even the uh, the intentional grounding on Burrow with Pirine at beyond the line. Yep. He said something about the receiver's release from the line, blah, 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 blah. All I need you to tell me is why Pirine doesn't count. Correct. You tell me, is it a distance thing? Is it he's not looking? Whatever the reason is, tell me why Pirine didn't give Burrow the out there and he didn't do that. So if you're not going to do that, then don't go to him every time. If he's not going to offer me valuable information and explanation as the expert in the room, because Romo's certainly not going to. He's useless. Yeah, I don't know. Bleeps how, on a bull right there. I don't know how Romo has gone so far backwards Because so all you quickly. people overrated him. I told you from day one he was overrated. Oh, listen to he this. He sucked. When Chad, Chad Finn, after his first game, wrote that he was the best color commentator that had ever done it. One game in. One game in. Now you got you reap what you sow. You made this monster. You're stuck with it. Guy won't shut up, and he offers nothing. Yeah, his uh, his insight was spot on oh, early God. on. Now, yeah. Oh, you mean when he was fresh out of an NFL training camp, he could tell you what teams run, what defenses do. Yeah, yeah. It's easy when you have the answers to the test. He shouldn't have forgotten all that stuff. Like he should be that able lazy. to basically. They all do the same. Well, we we're all guilty of it. We get lazy. You know what he's enjoying now? Oh. Being on the road with Nance, having dinners, and shooting the poo with like players and coaches, just like everybody else. Phil Simms started good. Chris Collinsworth started good. They all fade. I know. Oh, Jim! <laughs> Jesus, he's useless. There's a reason Madden was the greatest, because they say he worked harder than anybody and cared more than anybody. Well. What? You're going to besmirch a dead man? Go ahead. Rip Madden. It's uh... the year of the Madden. Don't you bully a dead man. If that guy didn't have John Robinson feeding him little note cards of what was going on, okay. he would have sounded like a blithering idiot. I watched John Robinson behind a curtain once when we were in that Patriots booth writing everything down and literally reaching around. It was almost like uh, he's like reaching around the curtain to be able to like hand it to, and you see the guy who's beside Madden who would grab it, and he would, like, hold it up in front of his face so that he could react to it and everything. So he's smart. That's called smart. What's that? Oh, because when you don't have the answer, the get it. For him. Is, does does well, Bill stink because Ernie Adams was involved? No, it's kind of No, Bill time. was good. I guess what I'm saying is, is that if Bill Belichick were left to his own devices, he doesn't necessarily need Ernie Adams, but towards the end, if John Madden didn't have anybody feeding him info... He would have sounded like mush. Well, that's for all. For seventeen million dollars a year, 
Tony Romo well, should listen, find should get a guy who should. should feed him something. I'll tell you what. What would you need? A half million and uh, charter flights, and you'd be okay. You could be that guy to help him out. Uh, I'll take two fifty charter flights. <laughs> We're only working from August to January. Oh, oh boy! Well, I know when uh, you were at uh, Patriots Football Weekly before that one under Fred Kirsch was worried about the twenty mil they gave you, and you getting lazy. <laughs> yes, so yes. They had to they had to push you out the door. You flew the coop or whatever. You took your money and then you ran. Uh, we roll into our two of Gresh and Foyer. Hart is in for Fourier and what the hell let's talk about the Celtics where we can also keep complaining about officiating yay that's next